Why is recorded in front of a live studio audience. Yep, I like it just being super simple and then eventually at being able to add a page for merch. Yeah, oh, we need a merch page. I know, I want to get that set up too for both. I was trying to see if I want to find out if we can put both brands under one so we don't mm. have like a double setup. Right. <clears throat> Which I think we can. Because I think if we just say they're both they're House just of Flash versions, House of Flash, H A U S, of course, of course, <laughs> Coach here, of course, <laughs> Detroit, Philadelphia, London, Milan, Milan. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is why, with your hosts Heidi Hedquist and Luke Poling. Because there's there was a magazine I never I saw on the stand once and was like, I should buy this, didn't, and had forever regretted it. And it was basically a classical music magazine, but written up in the style of sort of a Rolling Stone oh, awesome. or or National Enquirer, even of mm -hmm. like, this person has died in a mental institution. This person yes. has a secret wife oh. and three kids. And it was like, now I want to read about Beethoven. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, um, I mean, I'll up the list of mania. Yeah. <laughs> My birthday twin. That's true. Well, I, yes, that's one of those movies I've always wanted to watch and have not been able to find every time I'm like in the Which mood. One? Listomania. There's actually a movie of it? Yeah. Ken Russell with Roger Daltrey. Are you and, kidding me? No. I had no idea. And I, Rick Wakeman, I believe, is in it. I know he did the score. Which, why you don't just use nothing but Franz Liszt, another story for another day. Question. Perhaps we can talk to someone about that on the show. Right. No, I think For there's... my birthday episode. Yeah, and I feel like there's probably capes involved. But I don't oh, know if that's a Rick Wakeman, Wakeman thing or if that's a uh, Franz Liszt thing. Wait, what are we going to put on our writer for this show? Oh my God, it's going to be insane. Because we've already got the robes. Right. Does capes make us seem like we're in some sort of weird cult? Well, yeah, because, well, are they cloaks or are they capes? Mm, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I don't know. Capes could be cool. Yeah. But, I mean, we have to get a bus we have to have a tour bus that has to be on the list right flash on the side <laughs> <laughs> and i i don't know randy looks ready to murder me she needs a cloak <laughs> <laughs> if we got you a cloak would it make things better it, luke would like to know if he bought you a cloak if you would feel better uh let's just do this and then yes okay let's check it out yeah, because then Randy's leaving for five days. Oh, my. Where's she going? Colorado. That's that's Cape weather right there. That's what that, that is. That is Cape weather. It's Your totally Cape would be beautiful. useful in Colorado. <laughs> she would ski in it. Mm -hmm. She, ski, she could like ski. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. So now I'm trying to. What is the name of your podcast again? The Voiceover Coffee Shop. That's right. And you just started this, correct? 
Yes, that's correct. Okay, I okay. launched um, three days ago. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, fresh, really fresh. So how's it going? <laughs> it's going well. Um, uh, the thing, the thing about the voiceover community is it's a very, um, it's a very tight community. Mm-hmm. So once you begin to, um, w- once you begin working and um, past the um, past the beginning stages, there's generally somebody who it, it, it's very giving. So there's always an instance where somebody kind of picks you up under their wing and uh, and guides you through it. And it's like no 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 don't 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 do this this is BS uh, go go do this and so because everybody has that giving back mentality because they've been given to it's just become this very warm and welcoming community so when I went out and said hey um, I'm getting voiceover artists together and I want to start a podcast but not like the general voiceover interviews where I can Google their name and I see the t- the same 10 questions being asked over and over. Mm-hmm. I want to sit and have that coffee shop dialogue with people. People are like, yeah, no, that, that's a great idea. <laughs> and so when I started um, actually putting it out, then it got a lot of really good feedback. And and people are were very, very honest about it, but they were very... Um, very, very kind with it as well as that they, they embraced it. And so it's, it's been wonderful. That's excellent. Now, are you, when you say the voiceover community, is that just in Atlanta or is that including, is it sort of a nationwide? It's definitely a nationwide. Um, I, I mean, everybody has their little like pockets in it. So like the, the Atlanta community does bind together, but um, I'm within the Atlanta community, but I'm also within the LA community and the Dallas community because there's this wonderful thing called the internet and LinkedIn and Facebook groups and, and things of that nature. And especially during the pandemic where there are no longer these conventions going on where you would kind of like bump elbows with people and be like, Oh, Hey, like I read your blog. Like, hi, my name's blah, blah, blah. And you, you network that way. Um, zoom conferences and zoom meetings and like these uh, online interactions have been blowing up even mm-hmm. more so um, than, than they were. So I'm able to say, hey, there's this guy who I used to watch a lot, um, like um, in, in cartoons and stuff, because I was always one of those kids who was like, oh, wait, I know that voice. That's What's his face? So it, it's mm-hmm. one of those things where I'm like, well, now I'm in it. So I can be like, hey, um, do you have 15 minutes and do you want to grab a cup of coffee? Um, let me check my schedule. Uh, yeah, sure. So like it's. Oh, it's it's very nationwide. So with that in mind, and and as you said, with the community being so close-knit, how did you choose who your first coffee date would be without ticking everybody off? Um, well, the podcast is um, strategic, but it's not chronological. So I've... Um, uh, going back to the the pandemic side of things, the, the way the podcast started was I was reaching out to people and being like, hey, do you want to grab coffee? And I was um, meeting people who were coaches of mine, friends of mine. And then I started meeting people, like I said, that I never thought I would be able to sit and have coffee with. And I was gaining so much information and just through these little coffee sessions because there are always these look, little nooks and crannies of voiceover work. Um, there's the commercial side of it where you're doing like, um, 
the stuff you hear on the radio and TV. There's e-learning where there's like e-learning modules and like the stuff when you go into a new job or the ones that remind you to wash your hands, um, audio books, anything with a voice, there's a the little niche community. So, but everybody does a little bit of everything. So you'll have like your, your focus, like some people um, like myself will focus in animation or you'll have people that will focus in audiobooks because that's what they love doing or that's what their voice fits well. And so that's where they've kind of found their home. But because it's a business to business business, um, in order to make your money, you kind of got to go, okay, well, um, what jobs do I want to take? But I'm going to do a little bit of this, a little bit of this, a little bit of this. So um, I was like, hey, um, I'm not super familiar with e-learning. So I got an e-learning person and I started talking about e-learning and I was just learning so much. So I was like, I have to do my part and try to give this back. Just like everybody has given so much to me. So I was like, okay, I'm going to make like a little intro episode. And then um, I started recording podcast episodes. I was like, okay, um, Paul Strickwarda. Paul Strickwarda is very mindset oriented. He's very, what is his inspiration for doing it? What is the right reasons for doing it? What, um, what are, he's an international voiceover artist. He's done IHOP commercials. He's done Discovery Channel stuff. He's done... Priceline commercials, he's done e-learning work, he's done a little bit of everything. So I was like, even though he wasn't the first person that I interviewed, I want him to be the first person when somebody's listening to the podcast to get the mindset before you start getting the structure. Now, the show is new, but you've been doing this for a while. What's your, how long have you been doing this? About three years. Okay. And is there anything we would have heard you on? Are um, you the guy saying, we appreciate your call? What's your yes, actually. Um, <laughs> oh, okay, great. So when, when the pandemic happened for um, when people were calling into the SBA, the Small Business Association, I was the um, hello and thank you for calling the SBA Disaster Assistance Customer Service Center. Like I, I was that guy. Um, oh, you. That's that's both probably a re that's an amazing gig, but also <laughs> you probably like a lot of people probably hate you for being at home. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like two sides of the coin on that one <laughs> um and you said you do a lot of animation as well mm -hmm. i was the uh, main character of a video game that is coming out called project boost um it's coming out on steam and xbox in the summer of this year i awesome. was um i had a very 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 small piece in fallout 4 um as one of the ghouls um, I am in an animated series called The Unknown Adventure, which will be on Amazon Prime in fall of this year. Um, and then there's a bunch of stuff that I've signed NDAs that I'm not allowed to talk about. So <laughs> next, yes. next conversation. Right. <laughs> so what's the difference between video game and sort of traditional scripted work? Are you making just sounds and noises or saying phrases kind of completely removed from a script or is it very heavily scripted um so they don't i don't even call it a script video games give you a book uh <laughs> because every uh they do have the the major storylines and that gives me a little more play area so i'm allowed to go in and like i'm allowed to actually act out the scene um i generally don't have directed sessions with video games 
where um, other actors are involved. It's usually just me and the um, the the director or the producer. So uh, we just go back and forth and um, I kind of play around with him for a little bit and we get what he wants. But with a video game, there are so many choices. And so there needs to be a voice for no matter what choice that they make. And then there's like four pages of just noises where you're like, okay, um, now you're getting stabbed. Okay, you're getting shot. Ah, like like <laughs> you're jumping. Like like things like that. Mm-hmm. Do you ever get the note where they're like, you're you're jumping and stabbing are too close together? Can you give me some space between those and make one sound harder than the other? Not necessarily. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that I've gotten that feedback, but um, but we those those um, we'll have sessions where it's nothing but reaction noises, and so it'll be probably about ten minutes worth of audio of just reaction noises just so that they have those little pieces where they can pick and choose where some of them sound similar then then you have a little bit of um versatility do you have any ability to kind of improv and work on the character in a video game or is it such a completely Mm -hmm. different world where you don't do any of character work well um well i i would associate video game work with character work um because even if it's a video game, like say, say they were making a new Batman game and they decided they wanted me, me to come in as the new Joker. Um, there's the Mark Hamill Joker. There's the Jared. Le- there's, there's all these different people that have been the Joker, but each person has done it differently. Um, I can't, I, I can put on a voice and I can put on a show, but there will always be a piece of me that I kind of give to that character in order to give it life. Mm. So in addition to getting that character, they're also getting me. So there's, um, I, I have to craft, okay, what would I do in this situation as this character? What are his motives? Um, why is he doing what he's doing? He's not evil just to be evil. He's either, um, scared or he's angry at how society's treating him or like he believes that he's right. So Mm -hmm. in that moment, as that character, I believe that I'm right, but I'm still me, if if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's I mean, it's still acting. It's still a choice is being made for that voice and that particular reaction. And when things are being um, written out, um, there is a lot of improv going into it. Could the the writers will write, uh, we'll we'll write everything out, but uh, we'll be like, all right, we're going to do the takes that the writers did. And then every once in a while, they're like, now that we're actually hearing it, let, let's play around with it a little bit. So there'll be a couple of lines where they'll be like, okay, um, this person say, is walking into the door um, and he sees like this big room with like a bunch of, I guess, the antagonist characters. So they'll say, hey, um, like give us like a, like a, like a wow guess. Like you're like, whoa. But then like, uh, they'll be like, okay, um, now imagine you're walking into that room. What would you say? What are these guys doing here? All right, another one, man, I, I never knew this existed. Like, like you'll play around with it and see as long mm-hmm. as it fits within the main story they're going for. A lot of lines do get improv because that's what casting directors look for. They want mm-hmm. you to be able to play a little bit. They don't want you to come in and read some lines and leave. That doesn't give life to it. Mm-hmm. I, I feel that's like that's something true. where where your craft is really underrated. I don't think people 
understand that. I think people think you just come in and read. Right. Which is part of why I started the podcast is I wanted to, it, it is, it's a lot of smoke and mirrors because people consume media all day. But I mean, there are behind the scenes videos and whatnot, but those are only a percentage of those get watched and returned to the main media. So I wanted to kind of like, instead of being behind the glass, that's why I wanted that coffee shop dialogue setting where come out from behind the glass, come sit and have coffee with us and know what our world is like, know how we are, know the time and the equipment and the investment and, and the coaching and, and everything that goes into it that we utilize in order to breathe life into your media. I mean, it's magic. And I am more than grateful to be able to do this every day. But it is, it's, 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 we have this act to put on and you're not supposed to know it's an act. We're, we're supposed to do it so well that they're willing to pay us to do it because it's believable. But there is a lot that goes on behind the scenes. And even in being that is just this whole other world. It's phenomenal. And so your show is designed to sort of give people that, like you said, that, that, and I hate the phrase that look behind the curtain of right, absolutely. Here's what this is like. Um, so, who do you got coming up that's going to be uh, that you're really looking forward to? Um, I've got Sam Quasman. Uh, Sam Quasman has done work for Warner Brothers. He's done work for. Um, he he was on Robot Chicken. He was. Um, have you ever seen Tom and Jerry? The the new Tom and Jerry. Mm -hmm. You know that little duck that hangs out with Jerry, uh, mm -hmm. little Quacker. He's a little Quacker. Um, nice. I've got him. I've got Neil Ross, who was in Transformers. He was in GI Joe. He was in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. He was extensive list. Um, I've got um, Dan Leonard. Dan Leonard um, owns the Voiceover Body Shop where he teaches people how to build voiceover booths. And he is just a wonderful gentleman to talk to. I've got Emily Neves, who does a lot of work with, uh, with Funimation. She was in My Hero Academia. She was in uh, a number of different animated series. And she's wonderful. Um, I'm looking forward to just about every single person that I've, I've put on there. Because every person that I've contacted regarding this, it was with a purpose. It was mm -hmm. like, okay, um, you are, you have so much experience in this nuance of the industry and I want your perspective. I, I want to see what makes you tick. I want to see how you take your coffee. I want to see how you approach marketing and how you approach this as a business. And also, how do you have fun with it? What, what do you enjoy most? What, this is the character people know you best as. But what resonated with you the most? Who is Tiny Quacker? Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So along those lines, mm -hmm. when I was a kid, I always wanted to be a Disney voice someday. Like I wanted to be a princess the whole bit, mm -hmm. which was a Here billion we go. years ago. I know, but <laughs> I can't, I think part of it was because often, even though the characters didn't really look like their voices, just because, as you said, part of that person's spirit sort of is infused into that character, mm -hmm. who of all of the characters you're, you've portrayed, when you saw what you looked like, did you go, oh yeah, I could totally look like that guy. 
That's a tough one. Um, back to the Project Booth video game. They actually um, designed him after me. So nice. that would probably be... Um, he, he's uh, faceless, except for his glasses. But um, hairstyle, um, the suit I was wearing when we w went into the studio, um, everything was was designed essentially to be me. And I didn't have to... I mean, I played a character, but it was my voice. Let's see, that's, which, I think that's awesome. Right, which sometimes voice actors are like, wait, natural voice, what, what does that sound like again? Um, but... <laughs> But but I mean that that was a lot of fun because I just got to I got to be me and he was like yeah no just what what would you do in that situation just not what would the character do what would you do and so I was super able to relate to that I was like yeah no I'm I'm literally was asked to play me like that this is an honor <laughs> that's pretty sweet now so many of the people we've talked to in the past year in mm -hmm. some form of of entertainment or the arts, however you want to classify it, has, I think, like many people, bemoaned the, um, what's that thing? Oh, pandemic. Mm -hmm. And I, I can see you're in the studio. I'm assuming, is that a home studio? Yes. Yes, it is. Is this the kind of job where, I mean, you said you had to wear a suit. Has the pandemic really changed what you do on a day-to-day -day basis? Is it just your commute's a little bit quicker? Yes and no. Because um, a lot of work prior was um, was in my home studio. Um, and when the pandemic hit, uh, like I said, I've been doing this for three years. So, I mean, I was only maybe a year and a half in. So a lot of what I was working, because a lot of the first year of voiceover is establishing yourself. And so that's... Um, that, that's doing, um, I was working on a lot of audiobook work. I was working on a lot of uh, e-learning work and, and like little commercials for foreign companies. So um, I was still in my marketing phase. I was going into studios occasionally whenever I would book that. Oh, yeah, no, I got one. But, um, but a lot of it was home studio work. So if anything, when the pandemic happened, that broadened my horizons. Because now these studios in Burbank, California, in um, Flower Mound, Texas, and on um, in Canada and New York, um, these places where they were like, oh, well, we kind of only bring in people within the surrounding area because we like to have it in our studio so that way we can make sure everything sounds the same. Uh, that wasn't as much of an option. And even the ones that were, they were running bare bone crews. So now they were able to just patch me in remotely and I was able to do work for studios in Burbank, for studios in Texas, for, for uh, my international market broadened. Because when the pandemic first hit, a lot of people were still holding close. They were like, well, this isn't going to last super long. So we're just going to send some equipment home to the talent that we already have on a roster. And we're going to continue recording and we're going to wait for this to blow over. And then it didn't blow over. And so they started, okay, we need to adapt. So they started bit by bit adapting. And okay, well, now talent agencies who were working in just like this niche part, okay, well, we need to start expanding. So they started expanding outside of their regions. So people like me, in Atlanta, there's plenty of work in Atlanta, but um, there's not a lot of animation work in Atlanta. 
So people like me who want to focus on animation were able to be like, I can go talk to that studio now. I can go talk to that studio now. And my email marketing and my calling and and my um, my pitching myself to these communities was a lot more effective. And I was able to pocket myself into places that otherwise likely might have not been possible without getting on a plane. So, mm. I mean, the, the pandemic's had its up and ups and downs. A lot of places are still using the same people and they're just trying to be super safe. But as far as voiceover work, um, once a couple of months hit, because the show must go on. So creators found ways to create and more things are getting created, especially when everybody was home for months on end. Animators were just at home creating stuff. Authors were writing books. People were that had run the same commercial for years were rebranding themselves to cater to the pandemic. Media itself changed to cater to the new scenario going on. And with that supply, there was demand for voiceover artists and it exploded. But in that with, um, I've also seen a boost in the amount of people that want to get into voiceover, which has been phenomenal because there is enough work to go around as long as you're willing to put the work in. Mm -hmm. So all these people who never were like working their nine to five jobs that where those companies got shut down, they found out about this little secret world that we live in. And they were like, okay, um, I just buy a microphone. I talk into it and I make money. Some people were went that route and then they realized it was more of a business and bailed out and a lot of really nice equipment went on sale. But then a lot of people stayed and they're working and they're producing beautiful, beautiful things and great greatness has come from it. So I, I guess they're... It's, it's had its silver lining. Find the voiceover coffee shop wherever you find your podcasts, or you can check out their website, which is vocoffeeshop.com. And if you're looking to hire Andrew to do voiceover for you, his website is voicebard.com. You can follow us on all the various socials. Our website is whythepodcast.com and has all sorts of additional stories and videos. It's also where you can sign up for our newsletter. We're also on YouTube if you're into that kind of thing. And don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. Because if you don't, we'll call your mother and tell her that she's completely right. You would look so much prettier if you smiled more. Why the Podcast is part of Mudhouse Media. Today's show was produced by myself and Heidi Hegquist. Our reluctant executive producers are John Sove and Sandy Stone. Our willing executive producers are Rachel Allen and Randy Jeanette. Our graphic designer is Samantha Mustonen. The theme song was performed by the Electrosynth Magnetic Polyphonic Orchestra. This one's for Philippe. Thanks for joining us. Flash, we're coming home. Nigel?
Is that you? Are you here? Nigel?